Business English Power, Episode 7. Aloha and welcome to another episode of Business English Power, the show for ambitious English students who want to level up their business English skills, become global communicators, and international business leaders. My name is Al. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great episode for you, a very special episode. We're going to get into some really, really good stuff in just a moment. Before we do that, I would like to ask you to please make sure you are subscribed to Business English Power if you're not already. And please consider giving a review and rating if you're listening in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And if you're in Spotify, please consider giving a five-star rating, and I would definitely appreciate that. And we can spread the word of Business English Power even further around the world. It's actually been downloaded, as you know, in the former iteration of the English 2.0 podcast in over 190 countries. And so let's have Business English Power reach the same goal, which actually ties in directly to today's topic, which is how to achieve business and success in general. And we're going to talk about that in the context of a very special person who I admire greatly and probably one that you have heard of, uh, hopefully many of you have heard of, and his name is Tony Robbins. Now, Tony Robbins, for those who don't know or not that familiar, is one of the world's greatest business strategists, uh, motivational speakers, and I call him a success coach. So he has worked with and advised and helped some of the world's most famous people from presidents to world leaders, including Nelson Mandela, uh, Mother Teresa, athletes, musicians, uh, Serena Williams, to name a very famous tennis player. Um, He's worked with basketball teams. Uh, again, musicians like Aerosmith, Pitbull, um, the list goes on and on. And he's helped them to achieve greater and greater success in their business and sometimes personal lives. And so what we're going to talk about today is how to achieve the success that you want. And we're going to use the formula that Tony teaches, which is called the ultimate success formula. Now, this formula is broken into five steps, okay? Now, you might be thinking, well, Al, this seems so simple. It's just five steps to achieve any goal that you want. Well, it can be looked at as quite simple, but as we know, simple is not always the same as easy, okay? So something can be simple, but not easy, right? So that's what we're going to get into today, and we're going to talk about it in a business context and how this can help you in your day-to-day business lives. And keep in mind, this can also help you in your everyday life, even outside of business. But we're going to talk about it in more of a business context today. And I'll use a few examples as we go through. Okay, so as we do go through the steps, I do want you to try to think of something in your life that you're having trouble with or struggling with or something, maybe a big goal that you had or Um, have had in the past that you may want to revisit or something that you're really striving for right now, something in your life that has maybe escaped you for a time or a bit of time and you want to really zone in now and achieve that goal, achieve that success that you deserve. 
but only if if you work hard for it. That's the only way you deserve it is if you work hard because as we know, nothing in life comes for free or without effort. All right? So let's buckle in and let's hit the five steps to the ultimate success formula. All right, let's start with step number one. Now, step number one is know your outcome. So this means before you even start taking a step forward, you need to know what is the outcome that you desire? What results are you going for? What does it look like when you achieve that success? Okay, now I'm going to use a couple of examples here to help illustrate this point. But again, try to relate it back to something in your life that'll make this episode even more effective for you. Now, the first example I'll use is pretty straightforward. Now, if most of you are in business, you know the goal of any kind of company or business venture is to make sales. Now, we're always looking for ways to either increase sales or cut down on expenses, cut costs, improve revenue, things like that, right? So let's keep it simple. Our outcome is to increase sales by 25%. Okay, so we know exactly when we look at the numbers, we know what our numbers are, so we need to raise our goal, raise our sales by 25%. That's the outcome that we desire. So that is step number one. Now let's do step number two. We'll go through all five steps first with this example, and then we'll look at another example that is more individual. Okay, so number two, the step step for the ultimate success formula is to know your why. Okay, so know your reasons why you're aiming for that goal. Okay, so it may, again, sound pretty simple, but a lot of people haven't really thought this through or thought about it very deeply. And this requires some effort. Okay, so it's not always going to come to you directly or naturally. You have to kind of really dig in and get to that really, really true why. Because there might be some surface level whys, but we need to get to the deep level why. And that'll really motivate you to move forward. That's why we do things, right? That's why we get out of bed in the morning, as they say. So in this example of increasing our sales by 25%, well, why do we want to do that? Well, of course, the main reasons, yeah, of course, it helps the company grow. But how about from an individual standpoint for yourself? Okay, what, why would you want to do that? Okay, so maybe you're leading a team and it'll be good, again, for the company. But also, you feel good about yourself because you're providing value to the company. Right? Does that make sense? So, you know, I, th- I think I can speak for myself here. You know, when I, I feel better when I'm providing results and providing value to my company. And that makes me feel like I'm worth keeping on as a staff member, right? (laughs) As a worker, as an employee, right? If I'm not contributing, then why should they keep me around? Now, maybe some of you have your own business. Okay, so of course, yeah, you need to keep your business going. And that's how we do it is by increasing sales continually. Another reason may be, to improve your standard of life. You know, when companies increase their revenue, a lot of times they'll directly give you a bonus. They'll give the employees a bonus. Or again, if you can show that you're providing value regularly, then likely they will give you a raise. If you are the one that is receiving the increase in sales and increase in revenue directly, that means your standard of life will 
obviously go up, right? And so these are reasons why. And what happens when your standard of life goes up? Well, you can maybe it means something to you, like providing for your family more. Maybe it's taking longer or better vacations with your family, spending that quality time with them. Maybe it's getting that dream car you've never had. Okay, maybe you you're used to driving around a Toyota, which is fine, but maybe you've always wanted that Tesla or that BMW. Maybe it's something like that. You know, it could be something material. Maybe it's not material. Okay? So there's lots of reasons why we do things. Okay, but that is up to you. That is the question. Know your why. Okay, which brings us to step number three. Step number three is take massive action. All right. So as we know, nothing is going to come by taking the regular steps, just taking your small baby steps here and there. We need to take massive action. And if you've read my book, English Fluency Power, well, you know, that's what I talk about a lot is massive, bold action is what I call it, your MBA. Okay. Not the uh, Masters of Business Administration, but your Massive, bold action is your new MBA, the real MBA, right? So taking massive action is really important because that's how you see better and bigger results more quickly. So what does this look like in terms of the goal of increasing our sales by 25%? Well, of course, anytime you take massive action, it's wise to put a plan in place before you start. So you need to break down exactly what you need to achieve that increase in 25%. And once you have that plan in place, you have to execute that plan. And that is really all it comes down to is taking that massive action once you have the plan in place. Now, for the goal of increasing your sales, well, perhaps that could look like a few different things. Maybe it looks like better training. You know, maybe your staff or yourself, you just need to train better, train harder in sales. It could be increasing the value of your product or service or increasing the benefits of your product or service. What does that look like in your business? Okay, so these are just a couple of ideas in how you can start to take massive action. But you definitely want to try to break it down into smaller steps if possible because that makes it more actionable. So that is step three is taking massive action. Let's move on to step number four. Number four is notice the results. Okay, so once you take that massive action, a lot of times people will not really track the results and just move on to the next thing, right? Because that's the comfortable, the easy way. Okay, well, what we really need to do if we really want to achieve the success is to notice the results. Did you achieve the goal of increasing your sales by 25%? It should be pretty clear if you're dealing with numbers, right? Did you maybe increase but just not hit 25? Maybe you hit 20%. Or maybe you hit uh, 35%. You achieve the goal and buy more than you expected. But you need to know how well you did compared to the standard that you set. Maybe you lost money over that period or went down in sales. Okay? Whatever the results are, you need to know. One important thing here is, hey, if you did hit your goal of 25%, maybe you hit 30% or 35% increase, one important thing is to celebrate those wins. Okay? A win is like a victory, right? So you 
you made it or maybe your team achieved it. Maybe you personally did it. Whatever the case may be, celebrate it. Okay, so maybe treat yourself to a nice dinner. Treat your treat your team to a pizza party <laughs> or whatever that you know whatever gets your team going. Okay, because you always want to acknowledge when you do something well. On the flip side, you'll also want to acknowledge the losses. Okay, so maybe you didn't achieve the goal. Well, then we need to make sure we've noticed it, acknowledged it, and retune for the next time. That's going to get in the next step. But just make sure that if we did not achieve the goal, well, how much do we need to do better to achieve the goal next time? Okay, so we need to understand what the results are. Which brings us to the fifth and final step of the ultimate success formula, which is make adjustments. Okay, so as we talked about, once we figure out, hey, we did not meet our goal, we did not hit the success level that we wanted to, how can we adjust in order to achieve it on the next round? Okay, so again, this means really honestly looking at the results and then making a new plan in order to achieve those results. What can we do better this time? What can we put in place? Maybe we need to take something out. But the bottom line is we need something new to put in place in order to help us achieve those new goals, or maybe it's the same goal that you are putting into place or the outcome that you want to achieve for the next round. All right, so those are the five steps. And we'll review at the end, but I want to go into our next example. And this is maybe a more individual in terms of your day-to-day life. It doesn't have to be such a big goal like increasing sales and all of that, but let's do an example. Maybe your outcome, remember step number one is know your outcome. Okay, Maybe your outcome that you desire is to spend less time writing emails. (laughs) Okay, When I was coaching in Japan, I noticed one common theme of many of my clients were that they're spending hours on email and of course yeah that there's a necessary part of that where you need to contact uh, of course clients you need to contact customers you need to contact coworkers. of course i understand you can't necessarily do zero in that category of emailing right but what i'm referring to more so is well when i noticed my japanese clients trying to write emails to their international partners and colleagues, well, they had to write it in English. And that naturally will take more time than writing it in your native language, in their their case, Japanese, right? So it naturally takes more time. So how can we cut that down? And that leads into number two, step number two, which is know your why, okay? So why do you want to reduce your emailing time? What is the reason for that? Well, one of the main reasons, of course, is to become more efficient and You know, when we're more efficient in our work, we can get more done in a shorter amount of time and hence provide more value to the company. So it kind of does lead back to that same thing that we talked about in example number one. But also from a client standpoint, well, if we are, you know, writing emails in less time, it usually means that we're communicating more effectively. Okay, we're becoming more precise with our language and we are being more clear and concise when we write those emails in English, 
which is good for the customer because it cuts down their time spending on emails too. Because as I've talked about a lot before, nobody wants to read long emails, right? Especially at work, right? Can you imagine that? If somebody sent you a long email in English, do you want to spend that time reading that long email? Nobody does, right? So keep your emails nice and concise. So that may be a reason to cut down your email time is to be more effective in your communication with your clients and colleagues. Okay, so that's step number two. Know your why. Now, step number three is take massive action. Okay, so what are you going to do in this example to reduce your emailing time? Well, one thing I always recommended to my students was to use a timer when you're writing emails. Put time pressure on yourself. Okay, that's a really good way because if you don't do that, you just you know, you have an open-ended amount of time, you will spend that amount of time to do that task, right? I think they call that the Parkinson principle, right? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I'll correct it if I'm if I'm wrong in the show notes, but I think that's what it's called, is if you have an allotted amount of time to do something, um, let's just say, for example, maybe you're going on a business trip and you need to pack a suitcase. Well, if you give yourself two hours to do that task, you're likely to spend the whole two hours doing that, even if you could have done it in an hour or 30 minutes. So instead, give yourself 30 minutes and you'll still achieve the same task. And that is what they found and that's an effective way to approach things. So in this case, we're not packing a suitcase, but the same principle with your email. Just cut down the amount of time it usually takes you. Let's say it usually takes 30 minutes to write a single email in English. Well, set a timer for 25 minutes. Just cut it down by five minutes first and then keep going down and down and down until you get it down to your desired outcome. Maybe it's you want to be able to write it in 10 minutes. Okay, So that's just an example, but you, you see what I mean. Yeah? So go down little by little, set a timer for 25 minutes and make sure you're finishing up that email within 25 minutes and whatever it looks like, send it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course, it has to be to the level of professionalism that you desire. But if it looks good and you have no spelling mistakes, go ahead and send it. You don't need to stress about, is you know is this polite enough? Is this this? You know, as long as it's clear and concise and professional, you'll be okay. Another thing that you can do to take massive action in this case is to practice your emailing. When you're not working hard with a project or you know you don't have a strict deadline with anything else or even in your off time, yeah, you can practice writing your emails. Give yourself a scenario that would be realistic in your business life. How would you write your email? What kind of scenarios do you come across in your day-to-day business life? What kind of email would you need to write? So keep that in mind as you practice and have a goal and set a timer when you practice as well. And if you keep doing this, you will definitely decrease your time when it comes to writing emails in English. All right, step number four is notice the results. Once you start to keep a timer and track your time, you know, when it takes you to write emails, you'll notice, okay, well, hey, I've cut down my time. Or maybe you're thinking, ah, well, actually, I, I haven't been able to do it. I haven't been able to cut down my time. But the important thing is to track your time, okay? So know how long it takes. Know how much time you're spending on emails every day, okay? Once you know that, you'll be able to compare it to your outcome, your desired outcome. And that's where it comes down to number five, which is to make adjustments. So again, keep 
Once you notice the results, you acknowledge whether you have reached your goal or not. If you have not, then keep making adjustments. Maybe you need to practice more. Okay, maybe you need to adjust the timer a little bit. Maybe let's say your goal was to bring your email time from 30 minutes down to 20 minutes, but you were only able to achieve 25 minutes. Maybe you're only able to achieve a couple of minutes off, maybe only 28 minutes, for example. Well, give yourself a little break and just adjust 20 minutes and go up to about 25 and see if you can reach the goal of 25. But the key is not necessarily the numbers, but just making adjustments so that you can keep improving, right? Because when you keep improving, that really is the definition of success, right? And this is what Tony Robbins also talks about is growing really is the only measure of success. If you're improving, that means you're growing. If you're growing, that means you're succeeding. Okay, you're because you're achieving and you're moving forward. You're progressing rather than moving backwards. Because as we know, the opposite of growing is well, dying, frankly. And biologically speaking, we're doing one or the other. We're not staying the same. We're either growing or we're dying. Okay? So, we need to make sure that, you know, when we're moving forward, we're always looking to succeed in life, okay? But of course, we're focusing on business goals, business outcomes in this episode, but that is the ultimate success formula. Let's review the steps one more time. Step number one is to know your outcome. Step two, know your why. Step three, take massive action. Step four, notice the results. And step five, make adjustments, Follow this pattern, follow this routine and this formula, and you will reach the goals that you want. You will achieve those outcomes that you so desire, okay? And this is a valuable lesson from the coaches directly from Tony Robbins. And so, you know, he's achieved some really, really incredible and crazy, I was about to mix those two words, in crazy, I guess, (laughs) uh, incredible, crazy goals. He's helped feed the hungry in millions of people around the world. Um, He's really achieved a lot in his life. And so definitely follow the ultimate success formula and I believe it will help you. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Business English Power. Thank you again so much for listening and downloading. Please share if you found this episode valuable with a friend, a classmate or a colleague And I would definitely appreciate that. And if you have a chance, please leave a review in iTunes and a five-star rating. That would be appreciated very, very much. Again, my name is Al or Al Sensei, as I'm known in Japan and online. Thank you so much for listening today. And always remember to level up your learning and level up your 